Did you ever wonder what your pastor didn't say on Sunday? This is the Afterthoughts Show, a podcast inspired to help Christians walk with Jesus throughout the week. Your hosts are Zane Garza and Pastor Chris Chadwick from Canyon Ridge Baptist Church in San Diego, California. And we'll talk about biblical truths that didn't make it into Sunday morning's message. Welcome to the Afterthought Show. My name is Dan Garza. My name is Chris Chadwick. This is a podcast by, by Canyon Ridge, Ridge for Canyon Ridge. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> you got it right. Way I got go, it right. Bro. I almost second guessed myself there, yeah. you know, in the moment. In but, the moment. But either way, it's a good day. You know why it's a good day, Pastor? Well, tell me why it's a good day. The Browns are seven and three. The Browns are seven and three. I was a little sad to see that they beat the Steelers last night. But I know you're a big Browns fan, so I was happy for you. Thank you. We'll talk football for a minute because we never do, and we should every once in a while. We should. It's America's game. Yeah, kind of more basketball. (laughs) What? That's funny. The smart people in America have voted. It's basketball. The smart people. The smart people. What, what are the, who are these people and where do they people come from? People I agree with. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I mean, lo- I do love football. I love watching football. Basketball is like number three. Uh, it's probably number two. It's probably number one. You think so? I have no idea. But I don't think you do either. I think it's football. The stadiums are bigger. Well, we have more games. So? So this, well, then baseball would trump it by that standard. They no, have, they have no, more seats still and to a, more games. <laughs> you, you still go to a baseball stadium in the middle of the summer. There's like four people there. There's like more people selling hot dogs than there are people in the stands. <laughs> Maybe in San Diego. No, everywhere. You, you Maybe see, in Tampa Bay, but. What do you got against Tampa Bay and San Diego? Just because Cleveland always has people there, that's because there's nothing to do in Cleveland. Actually, they went woke and their attendance went way down. It did. Oh, that's right. Because now they're the Guardians or something. Yeah, I think I think he was down before. In the '90s, they had like uh, this 500 something games sellout streak or something. Really? Yeah. I, I've always liked the Indians, and then they changed their name to the Guardians, and now and like the Washington. What are they? The Commanders now? That's a terrible name for Washington D.C. Especially when Joe Biden's the president. <laughs> <laughs> that is staying. That is not going to get edited out. You're right. Um, but the Commanders. Uh, it, that's just a dumb name. And now that I, I just read an article, I think last week, they're being sued by a Indian tribe to uh, be called the Redskins again. An, an Indian tribe that they were named after is suing them good. to give them their name back. And I'm like, yeah, good. Everybody's just so sensitive right now. Daddy. Daddy. Back to football. Yeah, uh, back to football. The you know, I'll um, never see the Indians win a World Series. I know the Chargers. But maybe the lost. Browns a Super Bowl. The, that's not going to happen. Uh, you're probably right. The yeah. Chargers. Yeah, let's go to the, the Chargers. Chargers. They're not going to win a Super Bowl. They're <laughs> not going to win. The Chargers. I've been. I was a Charger fan for years till they moved away. But I've been watching them for like 22 years, and and they just have a massive way of disappointing. Just a massive way of disappointing. Like you always think, oh, this is our year, and then I don't know what it is with their management. They hire people. I, I don't know. I just don't. Uh, there's just no understanding. Back in the 90s, there was that song, Things That Make You Go, hmm. And the Chargers just make you go, hmm. Like every time, like every year you go, Things That Make You Go, hmm. And you're like, oh, the Chargers. Like the Chargers just should be a whole video of Things That Make You Go, hmm. 
Yeah. Well, their farm system, I heard, is out of Division Three college football. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're right. According to Rex Ryan, that's what it is. You think I have a chance at coaching the Chargers? <laughs> you probably do. You're a D3 athlete, hey. so I right. love it. For those of you that don't know, we're four minutes into a spiritual podcast, and we're talking about football. <laughs> we, got a, we got a comment this week like, I, I love the banter between you guys. And let me just be honest. This is just who we are, just kind of who we are. So... Um, I walked into staff meeting today, and I was complaining about how hard a workout is. And Bree, one of the ladies on our church staff and daycare staff, pipes up, was, wasn't pointed towards her or anything. She goes, it wasn't hard. You're weak. And uh, that was a classic statement. So welcome to Canyon Ridge. and Out of left field, too. Out of left field. Yeah, she's normally really quiet, but boy, she wasn't. Well, she's been quiet the past couple of months because she hasn't been there. Because she hasn't been there. Yeah, I don't know what she's been doing. <laughs> I don't know either. By the way, I'm drinking coffee out of my State Street Diner. Conneaut, Ohio coffee mug, uh, given to me by Zane and Kelly Garza from their recent vacation. Uh, coffee tastes better at State Street Diner. Uh, and uh, if that's not their slogan, it should be. And speaking of the state of Ohio, big football game this weekend. Yeah, so that's some real football right there. Who, you guys, who are you guys playing? Ohio State's playing Michigan. The team up north. The team up north. Who do you think is going to win? Ohio State. I think we got them this year. Um, they beat us the last two years. Whoever wins is going to the to the bowl championship series, yeah. Big Ten championship. Which I feel like there's nobody ever in the West. So there's Big Ten East and West, and we're in the East. Well, next year you'll have that powerhouse USC and UCLA in the Big Ten West, won't you? Is that next year or the next year? No, it's next year. But UCLA and maybe USC. They've been year. better, but yeah. I saw them blow a they blow a lead this year. This weekend. Yeah. yeah, but um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it because that's my only hope of a championship. Ohio State, <laughs> the Guardians, no, no, the Cavs, no, no, the Browns, no, no. You're gonna be happy if they go to the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. The Browns. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Be super pumped. Yeah. Hopefully, they win a playoff game. I've never seen that before. Oh, no, I, no, I have, actually. They did win a couple years ago with Baker. Yeah, when Jim Brown was playing? They beat the Steelers. <laughs> well, we should probably talk about all things spiritual. Yeah. We were in Romans chapter 11 yesterday. We were. We were there. I was going to try to finish Romans 11. I was going to try to go to, from 11 through, what is it, 34, 33, 34 verses? So why didn't you? 36. Um, because it just took too long. It was just too much. Like the text too, took too long, or you took too long? Well, um, let's just say it took too long. <laughs> <laughs> I think you could have done it if you like didn't give any application or humanity to the message. Um, but it was it was it was long. You know, it's just a lot. And then yeah. and then um, I'm really looking forward to finishing Romans chapter 11 because. Man, that last point, God proves himself, um, you know, where essentially that God is continuing to, continuing to appeal to the nation of Israel, uh, as we saw yesterday through Paul's testimony, Elijah's testimony, the faithfulness of other believers, David's testimony. Uh, and we saw yesterday for the first time, Gentiles were being saved, verse 11, are being saved, verse 11 to 15. And... Um, then verse sixteen twenty four, the patriarchs, uh, and just talking about the lump and the seed, and if God could save Abraham, the whole the whole group is sanctified. All of them can be saved. God's not withholding Himself from anyone at any time. So, yeah, I loved um, 
something I just never stuck out to me when I was reading this passage. I've obviously never preached out of it. Uh, but when you were going through like Elijah's testimony, David's testimony, all these testimonies that, that Paul kind of lines up there. And I, I never really clicked that that's what he was doing when I was reading this. I thought that was awesome. Um, and then you applied it to our personal testimony. And the best way we can, you know, be a light or the best way we can um, serve the nation of Israel is to be you know, good Christians yeah. and to have uh, a testimony that's worth looking at that glorifies God. Um, and our greatest apologetic is the transformation in our own life. Hmm. What everybody wants to do is they want to learn about the ontological argument or the teleological argument or this worldview or that worldview. And none of that's per se bad, but it's academic. And, and there are people that can be reached by that. Most folks, though are never going to be reached by that. Most folks want to hear how God's changed your life. Um, I mean, how many times did Jesus say something like, go and do thou likewise, or go do this, or tell them, or make sure, you know, sometimes he said not to, and we get all of that. But the, the, the power of your personal testimony is, is uh, amazing. It's fantastic. So we don't have to overthink evangelism. We don't have to overthink the power of the gospel. Tell how God changed your life. And just live it out. And live it out. Yeah. And we want to learn other things for sure. Bible's a study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth, talking to Timothy about being a pastor. But it's applied to every believer, obviously, that we need to study and know the scripture and work the work. Uh, to uh, interpret and communicate the scripture to the best of our abilities and the power of God and the grace of God uh, to see other people come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. But good night, man, tell your story. Yeah. It's your story. Tell it. Tell how God changed your life. Mm -hmm. Tell how God changed your family. And so, so tell us how God changed your life. My life. Well, uh, I heard the gospel, I got saved, and then, you know, the rest is history. <laughs> That's a horrible story. <laughs> I made it short because I knew you wouldn't like it. Uh, I was thinking about my... Uh, uh, answer your question. I'll answer your question. Uh, man, when I was in college, uh, I never really... Before college, I never really had thought... Like, I knew... I thought... I believe there was a God, but I had never searched that out. Whatever. Just lived my life. Uh, but when I was in college, I really started to consider those things. And I had a grandma who brought me to church as a, as a small kid. And so I began reading the Bible uh, because I, that was the religion that I had known. I didn't really even know about other ones. Uh, so I started reading the Bible. And in reading the Bible, the Word of God, um, my eyes were opened and I was convicted of my sin. And I didn't know what to do with that. Man, the Bible changes everything. It changes everything. So uh, again, like I wasn't around other Christians. I wasn't in church. Didn't know what to do with that information. Um, but I knew I had to do something. And so it, it took some time, but eventually I started going to church. And uh, that was after I graduated. I started going to church with my grandma. I joined the Navy, had to get out of Ohio. Love it, but just had to get out of there. <laughs> and uh, long story short, going through going to many churches uh, through my Navy diver pipeline and stuff like that. Um, Trey Williams uh, was my first master diver, and he invited me to Canyon Ridge Baptist Church. And so uh, I came when I got here to San Diego, my first duty station, and uh, uh had a testimony of salvation, but really began to be discipled in the Word of God, learned what salvation was. Um, Jesus says, you must be born again. I didn't know that before. Like, there's a point in time where you need to accept Christ as your Savior, and it's by grace alone, through faith alone, and Christ alone. Uh, I was kind of depending on 
turning over a new leaf. I was mm -hmm. definitely living a different life than I had been living sure. uh, growing up through college, uh, was trying to do right. But finally, it all kind of came together that it wasn't necessarily about doing right. It was about Jesus Christ is the right, the, tr the truth way. I'm trying to sound smart. It's not really coming together. <laughs> but yeah, I, I came to that point where um, I understood that I was a sinner. I needed a savior. And, and now I'm a pastor, which is weird. So when did you, when did you get saved? Uh, April 2017. Where were you? Groton, Connecticut. Doing what? Armpit of America. <laughs> <laughs> Doing what? Uh, I was up there, TAD, temporary orders uh, to the shipyard up there, um, working on submarines. And I was just there for like a month, 30 days. And you were going to? Um, Community, ba Community Baptist Church in Groton. Uh, Is that what you were asking? Yep. And Pastor John... I can't think. Landy? Is that right? No. That's a missionary to Sri Lanka. Yeah, that's right. Sri Lanka. That's right. Doggone it. John. Anyway, we've sent a lot of people to that church over the yeah, years. Yeah, Chesley went there. Yeah. When he was going through submarine school. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we've had a lot of guys go there. I'm super thankful for that church. Yeah. As I say, I just want to give an aside real quick. As I said yesterday, sometimes you go to a church and they make it sound like they're the only people who are doing right. I'm so thankful that there are uncalculable <laughs> unknown numbers of amazing churches in our country and in our world people that are just faithfully preaching and teaching the word of god seeing people saved, baptized discipled and community baptist Groton, connecticut is one of them pastor ludka ludka john ludka thank yeah. you and uh, and he and i went to college together now that was almost 30 years ago so <laughs> sorry pastor ludka if i for uh, i hope that doesn't uh, offend you um i just forgot um, but man, what a great church. And we just get to partner with these people. So you're saved through the ministry here, uh, in a motel room. I still remember the night that you called me. I think it was a Tuesday night. If I remember right, I should have wrote it down. It was late. I just remember I was <laughs> tired and you called me like, I just got saved and Debbie and I were like, yes, and that's awesome. And, uh, I loved it. I loved it. But that's your story. I got saved when I was 10 years old and, um, Port Orchard, Washington, and, and the, the power of your personal testimony is amazing. Mm -hmm. and, and people often say, this is a lie of Satan and the fear in our own heart. People often say, oh, I just don't know what to say. Bro, just tell your story. Yeah, That's what you need to do, tell your story. Now, people have to understand they're a sinner. People have to understand only Jesus can save them. People have to understand that Jesus died, was buried, and three days later, rose again under the power of God, his own power, since he is God. He rose again, and that he lives together and, and lives in heaven forever. Uh, and uh, we have to understand that. We have to communicate it. But it's, t it's, it's troubling when people complicate the gospel. It's not complicated. It's not complicated. And so many times you, you talked about the, uh, the apologetics aspect of it. I've never, I had a lot of apologetics conversations when I was in the Navy and never did it bring anybody, I feel like, a millimeter no. closer to wanting to know who God was. There are a few people. Frank Turk is decent at it. Uh, there's some others that are good at it. Uh, Josh McDowell, Sean McDowell, those guys. There's, there, there's others. I'm leaving a ton of good people out uh, that are really good at it. But the, the basic point of apologetics is an argument. I don't think you argue people to Jesus. 
Now, we want to have that for people that have legitimate questions. Sure. I Maybe, think it's helped me knowing those things. You know, 100% agree. Shores up your faith. Yes. As far as like reaching somebody who, in this age of science, when they're just going to dismiss everything you say anyways, but I go, well, that's not true. And you can prove God scientifically. Again, I'm not against apologetics, but apologetics is not the answer. God didn't give you apologetics. He gave you your testimony. Tell your story, man. You want to see your neighbor come to Christ? Live for Christ and tell them why you live for Christ. Love your wife like mad. You want to be different in your community? Love your wife like mad. Love your husband like mad. Love your children like crazy. Be nice to your dog. Um, <laughs> whatever the case may be, just be a good Christian. You will stand out, and then you can shout about the goodness of Jesus in your own life. We could keep talking, but I think you have some questions for me. Yeah, I mean, we can segue right into my first one. Um, when has your, or when has somebody else's relationship with Christ provoked you to jealousy? As Paul was talking about, um, mm. that we are to, you know, God has done this to provoke Israel to jealousy. When has somebody, a Christian, provoked you to jealousy? Yeah, so the Gentiles were to live for Christ, Romans eleven eleven, and the purpose of that was to provoke or prod the nation of Israel to jealousy, to cause the nation of Israel to go... Dude, they have a relationship with God. I should have a relationship with God. So when has, man, that happens all the time. I listen to a lot of preaching and I've got great friends and I'm probably not going to mention any of them right now because I'll forget all of them. Um, but when I hear um, people in our church pray, it's like, oh, I need to pray more. When I see the sincerity of worship, I want to worship better. Um, when I, when I hear, uh, guys that I listen to on preaching, we talked about a couple weeks ago, some of those preachers and I hear about their story and then I spend private time with them, like one-on-one -on -one time and I hear their life being talked about, man, I, I want, I want that. I want to be provoked to jealousy anytime somebody is closer to Jesus than me. Hmm. I'm not, and it's not a competition. It's a compliment, like, like it, it, it compliments, not like a, like a good job compliment, but it helps me to live for Christ in a better, more effective way. Amen. Amen. What are some ways that we can be the opposite of that? <laughs> Either towards, I guess, those who are saved, uh, but even more, more pointing towards like those who are lost, where we, where we become arrogant uh, about our standing in Christ as opposed to the humility that we should have. Um, say that again. What are some ways that we can be arrogant towards the lost? What are some ways we can be arrogant towards the lost? Mm -hmm. Um, by forgetting where we came from, by assuming everybody started out on the same standing on the same ground. Like there's always that nurture nature argument, assuming that everybody's at ground zero when they're born and they're not mm. in America today. If you grew up with a mom and dad that love each other, and take you to church and teach you morals and values and teach you how to read, make sure you get a great education and help you with your homework and take you on vacation and do, do those, what, eight things, eight things. You're like in the massive minority of probably less than 5%. I don't know what that there's, there's, I don't know that there's been a study with, with those qualifiers, but I know anecdotally in my life and I live most of my life around Christians, um, a lot of my life I've lost people too, but I would say that's a 5%, 5%. So one of the ways you could be arrogant is forgetting where you came from, forgetting what you have, thinking everybody started out the same. Another way you could be arrogant is thinking that your problems are worse than somebody else's problems. 
uh, by assuming that other people, another way would be assuming people don't, don't want to hear what you have to say, you not listening to other people. We have a statement around Canyon Ridge. Uh, questions stir the conscience, accusations harden the will. Uh, the way that you can be arrogant is to not ask questions. Matter of fact, I put on Twitter today, leaders ask a lot of questions. It's just what we do. And as Christians, we ask a lot of questions to figure out where people are at. Why? Because in order, Paul said, I become all things to all men that by all means I might save some. In order to figure out where people are at um, and to become all things to them, then I have to ask them a lot of questions as to where they're at. So I think the list could go on and on. But that's Yeah, not. for sure. When you were talking about that, about like as far as the level of ground, when you talk about uh, just our culture, I guess our country, people not having the same, I guess, privileges would be the right word uh, as others. I mean, that's just kind of the nature of the beast. Right. What do we, how do we as Christians approach what's going on in our culture with this whole idea of uh, white privilege and, you know, putting down white people, I guess, because um, black people were put down through slavery, through Jim Crow laws that, you know, the racism that was in our country years ago um, that I definitely don't think is where it was, sure. uh, say, in the 20s and 30s, 40s, 50s. Uh, how do we approach that as Christians? Because uh, I feel like what we usually do is we side with a political party right. as opposed to align ourselves with Christ. Like, yeah. I don't know, help me with that. That just came to my mind. And I feel like it's a, a, re- a relevant question. Um, well, uh, in Christ, there's neither Jew nor Greek, there's neither bond nor free, there's neither barbarian or Scythian. Um, Paul says in the New Testament. So I think the point is, is you just treat everybody equally. Uh, if you're African American, I'm going to treat you with great dignity. If you're white, I'm going to treat you with great dignity. If you're um, Mexican, if you're Asian, I'm going to treat you with great dignity. I'm going to treat everyone with the same dignity. Now, I'm going to joke around with you. I'm going to have fun with you. That's my personality. But it's going to be, uh, you know, we're going to do it from a position of dignity and, and help and encouragement. I'm just not going to treat anybody differently. We'll just treat everybody the same. And so we have unity in Christ uh, Philippians chapter two, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And he talks about in the beginning of that chapter that we have unity. The only way we have unity is if Christ is the focus of our thoughts and lives, because every single one of us can find a reason why not to like somebody. And I don't care who you are. You, you could find a reason like, like I have blondish, well, I'm very little blonde and mostly gray hair now. And you've got this like really strong head of like dark brown hair. I could be the anti dark brown hair leader and you could be the anti blonde hair leader. And we could, we could just disagree on everything based on, on that simple external. Christ said, forget all of that. Forget it. I'm the, just as Jesus talking, I'm the focus. If Christ in you, the hope of glory. Paul says, I'm crucified with Christ, Galatians 2.20. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life with which I live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So how do you treat everybody? You treat them like Jesus would treat them. You just love them. You just love on them and, and show care and compassion and hope. Man, everybody is a soul for whom Jesus died. Everybody on this planet was created in the image of God. I don't care where you're from, who you are, what your background is. I don't care about your sexual orientation. Everybody, I don't care about your political party. Everybody on this planet is created in the image of God with a body, soul, and spirit. And everybody is a soul for whom Jesus Christ died. And I want to love everybody I can to the person of Jesus Christ.
And if I lose sight of that, then I start worrying about brown hair guys. And you start worrying about old blonde-headed guys. Guys that used to have blonde hair anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Great answer. Uh, I forgot to ask this question at the very beginning. Yeah. But since we're, I think we got to wrap this up, we're, we're getting into the, the 25 minute mark. Um, is there anything that you wish you would have said yesterday? Oh, goodness. I wish I could have dealt with the patriarchs more. I, I, I really feel like I, um, just in post sermon evaluation, um, like I, I preached what the Lord wanted me to preach and, and kind of went off script a little bit in the second service and said some things about the nation of Israel in the second service, how how frustrated I am at the anti-Semitism that is being seen all over our country that's pervasive. And, and now people are attacking those of us who defend the nation of Israel. I mean... Um, Years ago, those people would have lost their jobs in about 32 seconds, and now they're being lauded and praised, which proves that for decades we have a systemic problem in our universities, in our colleges, and in our in our high schools, uh, in our political parties, that we allow people to say evil, vile, ungodly things. I wish I, in the sermon, I wish I would have been a little more calculated with what I said. I think I had a 10 out of 10 on the passion scale, but I probably had like a a five out of 10 on the argumentation scale. And I just, I just felt overwhelmingly burdened to uh, stand with the nation of Israel because I knew where I was going when I preached and that salvation is for the Jews. And that's what Romans 11 is. Salvation is for the Jews. Salvation is for the Jews. And Paul's testimony, Elijah's testimony, other believers' testimony, David's testimony, Gentiles are being saved, the patriarch's testimony. And and eventually, verse number 25 to the end of the chapter, God's going to give witness that he loves the nation of Israel and wants them to be saved. And so I felt really, really burdened about that. And I wish I would have talked about that a little bit more. Hmm. Cool. Well, you had a different pin earlier, and I don't know what pin you have now, so I guess you can tell us about it, but it's not the Cleveland Browns orange one. That it is not the Cleveland Browns orange one. This is uh, this is the first nice pin that I ever got uh, that Debbie bought for me. This is from the Acme Pen Company, the Frank Lloyd Wright Collection, and so I, I need to do a better job. I forget that I want the entire Frank Lloyd Wright because I love him as an architect. Um, and every time I have this pen, it just reminds me of my wife and how much she loves me and how nice she is and kind. That's not the architect that designed our church, is it? Frank Lloyd, no. Uh, that, the guy that designed our church, as I understand it, was a student, though, of Frank Lloyd Wright. So one generation removed. So our, our auditorium was designed in 1961. Oh, it was a, it's a French name. Uh, Pastor Bernie could come on the Afterthought show and tell us, but he's been banned from the Afterthought Amen. show. <laughs> so I think the guy's name was LaRouche um, and uh, just a, a great architect, considered top 10 postmodern religious architecture in America. And so uh, by some people, everybody has their own saying, you write up. You know, get three kids in a magazine. You're like, I think it's these 10, which is fine. But some, we have people that come through that want a tour. How about if we say it that way? Mm-hmm. So they come from Finland and they want a tour. Or wherever, Scottsdale or Los Angeles. But every summer we have people from all over the world that want one. Yeah. So cool. Well, thank you for your time today. Hey, thank you. And I know your neck is hurting because we had yeah, a like- hard workout the other day. And Pastor Zane hurt himself. 
trying to keep up. And uh, you guys pray for him. He pulled something in his... Long neck. Long long (laughs) neck. He has a duck neck. And uh, you guys keep him in prayer. And looking forward to a great time Tuesday night, Community Bible Study, Canyon Ridge Baptist Church. Amen. So if you are in the area, I can tell Zane is off it today, so I will do it. If you are in the San Diego area, we want to encourage you to come and attend the Canyon Ridge Baptist Church. We are at 6866 Linda Vista Road. And we would love to be a blessing and encouragement with you. We'd love to pray with you, pray for you, and uh, just help you and your family any way that we possibly can. We pray God's blessing on you and your family. And uh, we hope that if you enjoyed this, you'll like and share it and uh, send it to some people that might need it. Uh, and this goes well. It's a great companion with Sunday's messages. And um, if you listen to Sunday's message, uh, make sure you send both of those to people. And we thank the Lord for the opportunity to be a part of your life for these 29 minutes. But we really hope you watched it in double speed. God double bless. Speed. Amen. We'll see you in two weeks. You've been listening to the Afterthoughts Show with Zane Garza and Chris Chadwick. To listen to the sermon that inspired this episode, check out Canyon Ridge Baptist Church on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or YouTube. For information about our church, Pastor Chadwick, or how to know Jesus is your Savior, visit our website at CanyonRidgeSanDiego.com. Canyon Ridge is a growing church located in beautiful San Diego, California. If you're in the San Diego area, make plans to visit us this Sunday. We'll see you next time.